City University Television presents The American Theatre Wing Seminars Working in the Theatre This seminar I'm Sandra Gilman, Chairman of the American Theatre Wing. And I'm Doug Leeds, President. We welcome you to the American Theatre Wing's Working in the Theatre Seminars. Every one of these programs covers a specific topic in the art of theatre, and funding from the Annenberg and Dorothy Strelson Foundations have allowed us to expand these forums. We want to thank them for their wonderful support. The Wing, with our partners, the League of American Theatres and Producers, is perhaps best known as the presenters of the Tony Awards, which recognizes excellence on Broadway. However, the majority of our resources are devoted to educational programs to help young people enter the theatre as a profession. And these seminars are just a small part of that. Each year we give scholarships to students and grants to New York not-for-profit theatres. In addition, we produce a weekly talk show on XM Satellite Radio called Downstage Center that is broadcast coast to coast. Our newest programs, Springboard NYC and the Theater Intern Group, provide educational and career development opportunities for aspiring theater professionals. All our educational and media programs, including these seminars, are available free, on demand, from our website, www. AmericanTheaterWing.org. We thank you for joining us. So without further ado, let's learn more about working in the theater with our distinguished panel of stage veterans and our moderator, Ted Chapin. Thank you, Sandra and Doug, and welcome. Uh, we have a panel today of distinguished stage veterans. I'd like to introduce them to you. From my right, Richard Easton, Marion Seldes, Francis Sternhagen, and Robert Prosky. <laughs> Welcome all. Um, the, we could spend the entire time we have allocated here uh, listing the credits of these <laughs> distinguished people up here. Um, but <coughs> suffice it to say that their experiences range from Broadway to the regional theater across America to some of the institutional theaters in New York. Uh, they have also uh, toiled in the field of television, ranging from Hill Street Blues to Sex and the City. <laughs> and as all good actors must, they have also made a film or two. And I thought I would read you a, a, a random list of films that these distinguished people have appeared in. Dudley Do-Right. <laughs> Doc Hollywood, <laughs> Dead Again, and The Gun in Betty Lou's Handbag. <laughs> so I thought we should start back in the theater and uh, begin the conversation by talking about several, several members of the panel are appearing currently on Broadway or off-Broadway. And I'd, I'd like to start talking about the theater today and what is exciting about acting in the theater today. Who would like to start that? Robert? 
<laughs> I don't know. I've been doing it for so long, I'm not really sure. Uh, actually, it seems to be revitalized. I've done um, uh, Broadway shows. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for almost 50 years. And in that period, I come back to New York to do a play and uh, uh, periodically. And things have grown a great deal, not just the, the Disney-esque of, uh, of uh, Times Square. Uh, but the off-Broadway movement, uh, uh, unfortunately, we don't have enough still serious plays on Broadway, but there are many more off-Broadway. So it's, uh, there's more for an actor to do, I think. Uh, unfortunately, some of those things that we do, especially the younger actors, don't pay enough, <laughs> which is a problem I've always uh, uh, thought was unfair. Is there a, a difference in the theater in New York between Broadway and the institutional theaters? I know Richard is in a, a show no, at Lincoln No, I was thinking that one of, one of the things to me that's wonderful now, which was not so when I started in the 50s, is that actors now can, do, can wander between mediums. That in the 50s, if you were a film actor, you did film, and if you suddenly did a play, it was thought that your career must be on the skids and that something was wrong. <laughs> and uh, I, I was a sort of classical actor in the 50s, when I, and I kept trying to do television. And casting directors would say, no, no, you're much too good for me. And I said, no, that's not true. I'm not, I can do this stuff. <laughs> I don't have to shout and spit. I can, I can be real. And, but they, they said, no, no. So, but now, all actors do everything now. Yeah. Yes. And you can, you can also do, uh, even better, you can do uh, books on tape. You can do uh, commercials. And you can make more in, in a morning doing a commercial than you, than you can earn in doing three months on, uh, in, a, in a wonderful play off Broadway. So, so there's the idea that I think there's more respect for actors as actors now than there was because, because we can do, we're, it is recognized that we can do all sorts of different things. But I remember in the 50s also that you, there was a lot of um, little television in New York. Yes. And you could, you remember the kind of rule if you did an off-Broadway play for which you were being paid $25.50 a week, <laughs> you could get off for five days to work on a television show that was rehearsing it uh, down at Central Plaza and make up the amount of money you weren't making in the off-Broadway play by doing a, an evening television show that was rehearsing all week and then you would perform it. They don't have that anymore no. here. But, no. but you're right, now you do have a lot of little, you have so many more off-Broadway venues. I mean, if you can consider the institutional theaters, they're small theaters, like uh, Manhattan Theater Club has two theaters, and they actually they move plays to, like the Walter Kerr, mm -hmm. and Lincoln Center has two theaters, and sometimes they use a Broadway house. Mm -hmm. So there's more opportunity. And of course, they, but of course they don't pay, which is the, the, <laughs> they, it's a terrible <laughs> cheat. Yeah. Because they are institutional theatres, they, they have a wonderful thing called the Lort B contract. <laughs> it means that it's, uh, it's a sort of it's tenth very of, the, of a Broadway production contract. Yeah. I, an American actor almost has to work in other mediums. Well, yeah. He has no choice yeah. uh, uh, if he wants to uh, have a home and a wife and uh, <laughs> some of the things other people have. Yeah. Uh, you, you must... You must do it. It's also you must because it's interesting. 
It's, oh yes, it is. Of, it's the, the acting is sort of the same, but the, but the surroundings are so different. I remember live television was so exciting because there was the, this huge camera thing that wandered around, but it had the lenses that you could see which lens. And so you could say, oh, I'm in close-up now, I better be small. <laughs> the cameras today, you don't know that. <laughs> I better peer out so I can be seen. And uh, it was technically so interesting. And, and, uh, and the same with film. I mean, in, in film, of course, you're totally irresponsible for a stage actor, where you're responsible for the running of the play, the, the whole tempo of it and the... the, and the uh, focus of the audience is dependent on the actors, but in film you have this wonderful thing that you have no responsibility for that at all, <laughs> and you can just be beautiful. Yes, but you, <laughs> you but also I, don't have control. No, oh, no. That's, that's one of the things that draws us back to theater all the time. Yes. Yes. I mean, nobody's going to cut you or put you on the cutting room floor or uh, uh, light you so badly, or the camera will be on the on the star while you're delivering a huge yes, speech yes. and it's on your back. Yes. Uh, and it's that control that's important to us, I yes, feel. I always tell and the responsibility actors. as well. Yes, exactly. Well, that's mm -hmm. the fun. Because I, I say to young actors, when they say, what, what do you do if the director wants you to do something and you don't want to do it? And I said, well, you do what you want to do. What, could, what can the director say you're out there and you're doing it? You say, oh, sorry, I forgot again. <laughs> but I, I, I was told that, that, that there was a time in this country, particularly, where you kind of had to choose a coast. You had to decide you would be in yes, New York in the theater true. or in Los Angeles in film and television. Is that the same these but days? But as Franny says, there was television in New York then. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't quite as sort of cut off as. as but there's all still that. some. I mean, Sex in the City is one that's filmed yeah, here in, in Law and Order. And uh, Law, Law and Order. Order. Yeah. That's it's dear Law and Order with yes, all yes. this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like a resume of every SVU, New York actor. Yes. The yes. jury. <laughs> some time ago, there was a cartoon in the Equity magazine. It was uh, one group of actors coming from the east and one group of actors coming from the west, each in a convertible. And they meet in the middle of the country and they both say, go back. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. So. Marion, do you find audiences today more responsive? No. <laughs> Less responsive? No. I find audiences always responsive. Yeah. I think if you have something wonderful to do, that's what makes theater live, and people love it. I, of course, if you're in a play that isn't a very good play, you can't expect the audience to love it. There are critics, I think. And I find that um, if you have a, a good part, a part the playwright loves, you see, something that really belongs in the play, there's no problem, you don't even think about it, because you, I mean, you don't think about how will the audience receive this? It's part of something that you believe in, and the whole thing is received well. Yes, and audiences watch actors, not plays, and anyway, really, basically, don't they? Do they? Yes. I think so. Yes, they do. <laughs> they do. They watch. So a wonderful performance in a not-so-good play can be totally enjoyable to an audience. Yeah. But, but l let me ask you, as... This to me. As actors, if you are in that situation where you're in a new play that you don't think is very good, do you feel it is within your purview to venture an opinion to the playwright that there might be ways it could be corrected? Or are you yes. told to say yes. your lines yes. and shut up? Yes. No, you can, certainly. And it just depends on whether the playwright um, is amenable to that. I mean, um, some playwrights rewrite 
quite well, and some playwrights are very adamant that we, and usually the ones that are very adamant, the plays don't succeed very much. There is a tradition, however, in that, in that actors generally don't, I don't know whether your experience has been this, but it has been mine, you do not speak directly to the playwright. Generally, you talk to the yeah. director, and the director will talk to the playwright. That's generally the way it goes. Most Although of my players I've, have been dead, of course. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've done a few. I've done, I've done a few where you could. <laughs> They're wonderful to talk to. <laughs> Marin, you have a, a 30-year-plus thirty relationship with Edward Albee. Um, yes. But I think, and he doesn't change, and, and uh, the script and you do the play that he's written, and I disagree with you, Franny. I think that, um, that if you can find a way to do the play the way the playwright wrote it, without, um, and anything you feel about the part you play, you can show in rehearsal. You don't have to talk about it, really. And then if in rehearsal, if you get a note from the director that comes from the playwright, then I think that it doesn't say. work. Say. Yes, and you aren't finding it, or yeah. it isn't there. We don't know the reason. Yeah. But I think the task is really to fulfill what the, the, the playwright wrote. And I can remember being so surprised when television became so powerful in our world, in the theater world, that the younger actors would come in and sort of not Say, say I the lines. Oh, yes. Yes. Well, this isn't what she'd do. Or, <laughs> and I think, my God, how do you dare? Well, they dare. Well, I, quite, I do agree with you. I mean, I, there was no disagreement there, but I think an actor has an obligation to do the text as best that actor can. And if it doesn't work, then you can talk of about course, it. Of course. But usually, as you say, some. Yeah. Somebody will see that it's not working. Yeah. Yes. But I agree with you that if there, you must try it. You must see how far you can go with it as yes. written. It's also it's quite fun to fix it. I mean, with because one always has to remember that the playwright is the artist in the theatre, yeah. and the actor is a craftsman. Yeah. And we uh, and it's a huge difference. And so, it is your job simply to build this thing. And uh, the, 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 the badder, in a way, it is, the more fun. <laughs> now, is, you're so clever to is, make it work. Is the rest I, of the I tend to disagree with that. I, uh, <laughs> the craft uh, the playwright it. is the artist, yes. but I think the, the actor is the artist as well. I think uh, actors can expand on a play and make it work better. Incidentally, as far as changing lines, I find that it's the lines that I don't understand and I don't really know why they're in there, that are the clue, that are the key to the play and to the performance, uh, the understanding of the character. Um, uh, you know, you always understand the line that's going to get a laugh <laughs> if you're in a comedy. But the one that is the, the, is the hurdle to yeah, get hurdle. over, the mm -hmm. problem, mm -hmm. you've got to investigate that as much as you can yeah. because that is the key. That's very often. absolutely true. I remember when we were in Equus together and there came that moment when I simply had to call out Alan and it came out, seemed to come out of kind of nowhere. And I remember going to Bob Borab, the stage manager, saying, I don't know how I'm going to get to that. And Bob said, well, I, I think you're gonna, you'll find a way. And it was 
a look from Michael Higgins, who was playing my husband, <laughs> that his look to me at the moment that while I was chattering on about all the things before that line, and it was his look of kind of that, that just got the thing that yelled, I've got to take another tack to get away from that. Yeah. I didn't know that was going to happen. No, no. And that was, and that was from the other actor. But you were a replacement? Did you replace no. some? Or was it from the, in rehearsal? Right from this? the get-go. Yeah, ah. right from the beginning in our production in the yeah. U.S. Yeah. That's and nice. that kind of thing happens. It's just wonderful. wonderful. <laughs> so exciting. Sometimes, uh, you know, I don't know, what's the philosophy? You know, find one true statement and you can build a philosophy on it. Uh, I think that's true of um, acting. If you can find one thing that you feel is honest and true to yourself, to the playwright, you can take that small thing and build mm -hmm. a performance out of it because it's a great clue mm -hmm. as to where you're going. And finding the clue is That's the difficult the part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or waiting for it. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Not expecting it to be there from the very beginning and, 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 and relying on the other actor. I, I'm in the most wonderful position today. I don't mean this. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> no, that is wonderful. It is. Yes. But, but because two days ago, I saw The Rivals for the second time, uh -huh. in which Richard plays Sir Anthony Absolute. And one day ago, I saw Robert Prosky for the second time in Democracy. Uh -huh. So when we talk about trusting the actor, in the times between, I first saw both of your plays, I loved them, but the second time, I found out much more from the smallest thing, from, this, from a look, from um, this amazing thing in um, Democracy when the major character falls silent. And when I saw it first in that preview, I thought it was interesting. And when I saw it yesterday, I thought it was heart-stopping. I thought, he's the leader of the German government, and he's called upon to speak, and he says nothing. And the moment is so rich now, mm -hmm. because of him and because of all the other actors, that it's amazing. I mean, what if one of our presidents, I won't say which one. <laughs> <laughs> but we all know who you mean. <laughs> what, what if uh, 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 Jim Lehrer said, and what do you feel about that, sir? And he went, <laughs> would speak volumes, wouldn't it? Well, it does in your play. But is, do you think that's because the actors have taken the play, sort of, if I can use that expression, so that they have learned more about doing it, or is it you're seeing the same thing a second no, time? No, no, it's them. It's, it's them. Yeah. It's them. Of course, it would be wonderful if we could all see plays more than once, including yes. the critics. You don't see a painting. <laughs> You agree, don't you? Oh my, yes. I mean, um, yes. you don't see any uh, still life work of art, any painting once, any sculpture once. And even in films, you can see them many times. But we very rarely have that luxury because we cost so much mm -hmm. 
and because here in New York there's so much to see and everyone wants to see everything. But I, well, when I'm in a play, I love to watch the play. I was talking to you, Robert, about a moment I think is so wonderful in democracy, and of course you can't see it because of no, the set. <laughs> but, but Francis and I, when we were in Equus, yes. um, the, the, the stage was all the act, we were all the actors on it, the way we're sitting now, all the time. And you saw every performance, and it was remarkable. And so when you went in, you didn't come from the wings, you came from the play into a, another part of the stage. It was thrilling. I've done a number of plays like that where all of the actors are on stage. Mm -hmm. And what you said about seeing a play another, uh, another time, I spent a lot of time in regional theater. And I would encourage people, subscribers for instance, to come see the preview and then come see one of the closing nights. Yeah. There is a difference. Democracy has gotten better, for want of a better way of saying it. Uh, it, it it's, it's, it's gotten solid. It wasn't that it wasn't good when we opened, but it's gotten better as we've gone, we've relaxed and it works much it's better. It's gotten more human. Mm -hmm. Each of the characters is more human. And in the end, I think that's what the audience is fascinated by, yes. that we are real. That's what's on, fascinating on whatever about the theater. level is, if it's on the level of the rivals, which is a completely different level of acting and playwriting and costuming and every it's a different world but in that world too the reality the humanness of this man's performance is just amazing and we're screaming with laughter all the time and he's in a dilemma all the time <laughs> i love that just like life <laughs> well, i was going to say that's what that's really what acting is about is finding the humanity yes in any style that you're playing. And also the humanity that exists in the audience. Because together you build the event of yeah. performance each night. Yeah. And it's unique. Yes. And it's never going to happen that way again. No, no. I think that's one of life's most civilized experiences. Mm -hmm. yes. To have that conjunction of uh, that communion between actors and audience. I do you know, I, I really find it very hard to understand when especially young people simply who haven't had that much experience coming off stage saying, oh, it's a rotten audience tonight. <laughs> I think, yes. no, <laughs> no, it's not. And I remember Earl Hyman saying when he was in Carmen Jones on the road as a young actor, and they played sometimes to very small audiences, and they, the younger people were complaining about the size of the audience and the response, and this old actress said to Earl, honey, just remember there's always somebody out there who needs you. <gasps> and oh, I thought, woo! That's beautiful. And that has sustained Earl's performances all those years. Of course. Of course. But I, so I assume part of what you're talking about in terms of, 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 of performances grow has everything to do with, with the communication with the audience. Oh with yes, and also and each other. And each other. And, and yeah. you've relaxed. Yeah. That's very important. Yeah. The sense of judgment, as in criticism, is taken away. Yes. And the sense of judgment in are we enjoying it, do we find it interesting, is there. And we want that. Mm -hmm. We want that. But it also has the confidence in the, in the routine of it. That's right. So that you can allow yourself to be completely blank. 
to come on the stage blank and find the play yes. on the stage, which is the best, that, yes. that, that is the best thing. Ralph Richardson always used to say it took him four seconds to discover what the audience wanted when he came on the stage, wow. and then he gave it to them in any performance. He said, do they want a, a speedy? Do they want the big laughs, little laughs? Got it, do it. <laughs> I heard once, or I read somewhere, that he occasionally would have a live mouse in his pocket. Yes. Yeah, what it and they asked the reason answer. why, he says, to keep my mind off myself. Oh. <laughs> yes. Which is a yes. great law. Are, are, are there certain... <laughs> acting, acting. It's like the green umbrella. Who was it? Which actor had the green umbrella? And said Olivia. Olivia. Olivia yeah. Not bad. Uh -huh. Captured the green umbrella. Are, are there consistencies in New York in sort of our Friday nights sluggish, our Saturday nights speedy, or is it a complete crap? I think everybody has a different answer to that. My yes. Thursday night is always my favorite. I like Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> it may depend on the play. I don't know, yeah. because there was a time when everybody was saying, oh God, it's Friday. And this show now, for the foreigner, well, Friday is just as good as any other night. I mean, it's just fun. So I don't know. I the think Saturday used to be always bad, but it isn't anymore. I don't know. No, I think somebody once, I read about a, a study that actors did among themselves uh, on Broadway to compare notes and use the weather or the, the time of the, the performance yeah. or what have you. And they could come to no conclusion. No. Uh, no. It's, uh, hit or miss. Pretty hit or miss. It's also, Although, because it's a living thing, it's always slightly different. And therefore, yes. we, it may not be the sort of performance that we like particularly, but it may be the sort that, that, that most of the audience do like. And they're alive and we're alive. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. Uh, although, I don't know, I think there's one constant. Uh, um, theater parties tend to be problematic. Uh -huh. Tallulah Bankhead once said, theater parties eat their own children. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find, as you're, as you're in a long run, that there are certain things which you could always count on working a certain way, which stop working that way, and you then feel you want to compensate? Or, or do you, are, are there enough checks and balances within the theater community that your stage manager or whatever will say, mm, or are you sort of on your own? If you have a very good stage manager, yes. and that's, that's rare but wonderful. I think, um, I think these things we're talking about now are really so peripheral because every audience is the first time. So we know that and they know that. So it's always fresh. You, you, you don't, I don't know anyone in the theater who isn't dedicated to the performance every day. Mm -hmm. If I did, I'd, I'd pull Cut away. Them. I'd pull <laughs> away. <laughs> I think that um, uh, the, it never occurs to me if I'm in a long run to, to think of how it was the last time, to go backwards. You yes. go forwards. And sometimes if you, if you lose a laugh, it's because the other actor is doing something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like waving a white handkerchief. Oh, yes. Still <laughs> be your fault. <laughs> Stillness is very important. In <laughs> and in those things actors, in yeah. the other actors <laughs> and in us. And, and you know, the, the, these things aren't taught to you. There's no one to tell you this when you're young. But, but I know that Victor Garber told me that when John Wood mentioned this to him, he had not heard it before. You know, he was just playing his part, and not in Death Trap, in the play they did together before. 
And if it's pointed out to you once, you, you absolutely think, well, of course, that's right, mm. that you don't go on doing something as, as you are kind enough to stop and listen to me. If you were combing your hair or something, it would be odd. Mm -hmm. But, but the, the, the focus, we don't have a cameraman. We don't have someone telling us what to do. We know what the focus is, instinctively, don't we? And also, if you've had a good director, oh, you, it's so important. Yes, he will <laughs> sometimes come back, one hopes, and keep you into shape. Yeah. But if it's well rehearsed, yeah. I think actors really like. Well, I always used to think you get on the top of the ski slope at the beginning of the performance, and if it's well rehearsed, once you start, you just go. You just go. Absolutely. And you don't have to think, I wish they wouldn't do that, or I oh, wish yeah. we had a... No, no it's done. It's you put trust together. It. You and trust it. It is always it. faithful when you say, ah, I must pause, I must just a beat and a half, and then if I turn, then, then I get the laugh. And yeah. the minute you start doing that, of course, the laugh goes, because that's what the audience sees. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You remember that wonderful, that. you tell the wonderful story of the Luntz. Of uh, oh, the lunch the tea. and the, the tea—it's it's an you absolute know, tradition. It, well, the, 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 the Lunds, of course, are famous for their for their constantly rehearsing up until the last day, and and of of being together, of course, all the time, and therefore discussing the performance. And Alfred Lunt said to his wife, the brilliant Lynn Fontaine, "Why do I miss that laugh on that line? Why do I?" And she said when you ask me for the sugar? And he said, yes. And, and, and he keeps asking for the sugar, and you know, that old joke, you don't, they don't write it anymore, but you keep putting the lumps of sugar in the, in the other person's tea. I've always thought how ghastly. But anyway, that's in the play, Oh, Mistress Mine, or whatever it was. And she said to him, Alfred, darling, you're, you're not getting the laugh because you're asking for the laugh, not for the sugar. <laughs> And it's a lovely little anecdote, so, but it's true. It's in quartet, I think. The truth. And I think mm -hmm. Dick Quite Cabot, real. yes, Dick Cabot has it on tape. Yeah. Because oh, he was the one interviewing it. Oh, she, yes. oh good. Yeah. Oh, good. Now, since, since clearly, what the, we're talking here about extraordinary experiences and, and, and years of experiences. Um, and, and you mentioned young actors and when they f feel certain ways. How do you pass on the information that you have accumulated to the younger generations? Of it's the way you behave. Yeah. yeah. It's how you behave backstage. It's everything. It's being on time. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's uh, giving the stage manager his right to come and tell you what to do or when to make a change or, or whatever. And, and in my case, it's also teaching. I've been a teacher for half my life, I guess. But it isn't like passing it on. It's really um, opening the door in a, in a way. sharing it. Really. Sharing it. And, and holding on to what you do believe is, is important in the theater, even at the risk of seeming perhaps old-fashioned. Crotchety. <laughs> Not me. No. Others. Joyous. Joyous. <laughs> and, uh, and, and really helping people. I, I, think, um, I think a lot, I think what Francis said is so important, uh, so much happens in the rehearsal. And if the behavior towards each other and towards the stage management and to the stage doorman, to everyone, is established early, then most companies you go back and you 
to see the actors you know, and they say before you can tell them how much you love them, isn't it wonderful? Yes. They love it. They love it. And you asked me about, somewhere in your question, you said something about a play that I didn't think was so good. Right. I've never done a play I didn't think the audience would be interested in. I'm not talking about a success, about making millions and millions of dollars, but I think if you're going to have a life in the theater and a long one, you don't choose plays you don't like. Why would you do that? You when wouldn't choose young, a husband you wouldn't when like. When you're very young, you have to, yes. <laughs> but you have to sometimes do mm -hmm. things that you don't yes, like. But when we much. were young, we did sort of summer stock companies, rep yes. companies. Yes. So what were you were doing was established plays. You were doing yes. masterpieces by George Kaufman or yeah. uh, Hart and all that. And so you never faced the, the, the bad play. No. And, you, and you, you simply did it. Mm -hmm. And one learned by, by doing. One of the troubles with that, though, is for young actors, survival is of primary importance. And uh, you, everyone wants to do good work as best they can. Um, I, summer stock, I did a lot of summer stock. Uh, and I'd done two summers of it. And then I couldn't get a job. I just couldn't get it. I came back to New York and I was starving. So I took a job posting payments in a bank. And I got an offer to do uh, Will Success Boil Rock Hunter oh in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, oh in the God. middle of the winter. <laughs> <laughs> and the star was a former burlesque stripper. <laughs> I took the job. <laughs> if I didn't take that job, and that, that then followed all kinds of jobs. If I hadn't taken it, I'd be a banker today. So there are times when you must do it. We would all prefer not to do it. And we would prefer to do the good plays, yeah. or the ones that excite us. Yeah. And sometimes the ones that you don't like tend to be very good. I've done a lot of work in Brecht, and I could never understand the play the first time I read it. <laughs> in fact, I didn't understand democracy. <laughs> uh, it's it, hard to understand. I know. <laughs> I, it's, uh, it took me some research to, you know, it, yeah. it, in fact, I told my agent I didn't want to do it <laughs> when they uh, the agent uh, said you must but you have no regrets that you're not a banker have you oh no oh absolutely <laughs> not absolutely I've enjoyed no, this life means. tremendously yeah and it's had a great deal of variety and I appreciate mm -hmm. that let's let's talk a little bit about variety in, in, <coughs> in terms of, of of companies now Robert, you've been at the arena stage for many years. I know that, that Franny and um, Richard were in the APA and Lincoln Center early years, I think. I mean, th these, were, these were companies that, that at least in, to a certain extent, were companies of actors who stayed together and did a lot of plays. Yes. You know, the same group of actors would do a lot of different plays. What was that experience like? And is that helpful to, for the, sort of the experience of an actor? That's training? where I learned to be an actor. Yeah, it's yes. wonderful. I mean, you come to the first reading of a play, and quite often you don't know the other person at all. And it's even worse in a film when all of a sudden you have to play a love scene. I never do, but some, <laughs> uh, with somebody you just met that morning, and you have to be very passionately involved. If you've worked with an actor for five years, you know a great deal about them. They know a great deal about you, and it saves a lot of time, yeah. and it helps the work yeah. tremendously. It really does. I found. Yes, I've always been in, in companies. I mean, I start, my first professional job was 35 weeks of weekly rep. Wow. 
in Ottawa in Canada. And, and we did everything. We did Hamlet, we did uh, Butter and Egg Man, Light Up the Sky, all the, uh, everything. <laughs> uh, from, uh, and rehearsing and playing every week. And, and then when we did APA, and that was also a, a company that, mm -hmm. that you were suddenly, and also you didn't choose. They just gave you the part yeah. and you played it. And you learned to, to just do that. And, yeah. and, and APA was, we, we rather grandly decided that the actor should be in control of the theater because everybody else was making a mess of it. And so uh, it was called the Association of Producing Artists, was it, was, mm -hmm. it, was what it was. And it was Rosemary Harris and Ellis Rabb and me and George Grizzard and Franny and... Brian uh, Bedford was in it. Brian, Brian was briefly in it, yes. And, and everybody was finally in it. But, and we did that, and it, it went for 10 years, which is the, yeah. the logical time for anything to run. Mm -hmm. But then I did Stratford, Ontario, Stratford, Canada, Stratford, Connecticut, and England, and always companies, I li and I like that. And the, the security of... I, I'm one of the actors who, of whom it is true that they cannot cast themselves. Whenever I've said, somebody said, what do you want to do? And I've mm -hmm. said, oh, I want to do that. It's always been disaster. Really. <laughs> and whereas when one said, oh, really? Do you think I can? Yeah, all right. Boom. It works. Mm -hmm. I did a part like that once. I was cast as Gaius. And I thought, oh, you know, I thought he thought of Gaius as a small, precious little man. I'm anything but that. And the director gave me a great line. He says, the character is stuck with you. And that's, that's true. Yeah. Right? Then you begin to find things about yourself that fit into the character. Yeah. I read somewhere that, you, that you, Richard, your time at the Royal Shakespeare Company was not a happy time. Well, yes, Ken Browner writes it in his book. We, we both were there the, the first time. It was, it was terrible. It was when there'd been a change of regimen there, and uh, Trevor Nunn had gone, and it was, it was all new slate, and it was terrible. And, <laughs> Uh, Kenny uh, said that there was a program on television in England called Jim Will Fix It, which Jimmy Savile would arrange for somebody who's always wanted to fly a helicopter, and he would arrange that it should happen. And Kenny <laughs> said, wrote a letter to, to uh, Trevor Nunn saying, if you don't come and see my Henry V, I'm going to go on to Jim, and Jim Will Fix It to, to see that he, if he can arrange to, for you to come. <laughs> so, so they did. But, uh... but it's interesting, too, in any group, any theatre company, when you're still young, you get to play important parts. Yes. And, and then, and what it's like to, in a sense, carry a play or a musical, if you've never done a musical. And if you have all that behind you, then, then in my case, I, I, when I began in the theatre, the first few parts I had, one had no lines, <laughs> and... Uh, I don't know. It went on like that. <laughs> but, I, but when I was able to get a good part, I was ready. Yes. And what made me ready was not the part with no lines, but all that work in summer theater. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the fact that the other actors with you had been supported by exactly. you and now had the chance to support you back. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's great. They don't have, we don't have summer stock anymore. No, no we don't. No. And that's, has anything replaced it? Not really. Actually, Not the sitcoms. Really. Yeah. That's, why, you know, young actors talk to me about that. I did maybe four or five summers of summer stock. I once played Willie Loman and Big Daddy back to back in one yeah. week. Uh, Light Fair. Uh, Light Fair. Well, this, the, actually, this was a good company. We did Chekhov and Shaw and everything else. Uh, 
and you can get into awfully bad habits because you use all of your tricks, yeah. the things that you know work, and we all have them. Uh, in fact, I did one production, uh, uh, one summer stock production, and I asked my wife what she thought of it, and she said it was cutesy poo prosky. It was the things that I do <laughs> yes. that work, and yes. she knows them yeah. more than an audience does. Yes. She knows them. Yeah. Now, that's bad if you go into a, a five-week rehearsal period, you get in a bad traps, except most American actors have to do a wide variety of things. You better have those cutesy poo moments if you're going to do a summer, do a, a sitcom yeah. Yeah. where you have no yeah. rehearsal. You have to do those things. It's a, a fact of life for an American actor. We would prefer not to do it. And, and w those of us who are like uh, we are, are rather lucky that we don't have to do that. But I still do a sitcom every once in a while. But a lot of it has to do with who is casting it. Yeah. And what's sad, in a way, for us is that they want one quality. Yeah. Oh, oh. They want you to do that over and over. Mm -hmm. And acting has nothing to do with quality or, oddly enough, with feeling no. until you know the Who part and those qualities are yours mm -hmm. and out of it comes real feeling. Mm -hmm. And yet I like the, the um, atmosphere of a sitcom because there's an audience. The laughter is real laughter or the lack of it. But I've never been asked a single question in any television I've ever done. And the only thing I ever ask is that they do this part of my hair very well because <laughs> it's always over my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, and it's on the star, right? Yes. <laughs> the camera, I mean. And, and so I have a little litany now, is that I, I, I don't want to be in a nursing home and I don't want to play a part when I walk out, the other characters all go, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, Too like life, yes. Yes, and, and, and uh, I, I want to play a character the writer was interested in writing. And, uh, <laughs> Well, that's about it. I want to be paid. No, but it seems that those are those are things that, that you all deserve at this point in your career to but be able to say. But we're nobodies oh, to them. Sir. I know. Oh no, we aren't. We're, we're just we really. Yeah. It's, uh, the only thing they love is that we know our lines and hit our marks and are professional, and that we don't bore them with questions. There's no time for them to no. talk to oh, us. Uh, the, those of us here have all worked in a in a situation where uh, at APA or Arena. Uh, where you've done a wide variety of things. And it's true what you say. That's not what they're interested in. Uh, and if they do see you in one thing, mm -hmm. then that's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, the first film I did was Thief, where I was a kind of a nasty mafia man. That's all I did in the film for the next three years. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm capable of being nice. I was constantly getting off, <laughs> getting no. off stage coaches and no one would meet me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then oh. because my hair was black then, <laughs> I was always the murderess. <laughs> The camera would go to me, and you'd think, oh, she did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> now, I, one, one movie question. I worked once for an actor who was also a director who, who I think got very bored very quickly in his career acting on stage. But what he felt about the movies was he thought it was absolutely fascinating to conceive an entire performance and then do 35 
1268. Mm -hmm. To him and the way his mind worked, that puzzle was fascinating to him. For stage, yes, to us too. Is it? Yes, I mean, that's a given if the sets and so on. It has nothing to do with acting, really. It has to do with the production of the film. And if you have to do something out of uh, the actual time of the movie, that's something we're prepared to do because in rehearsal, Sometimes we rehearse the first act only or something. We, we know how to do that. And also in film, you have no responsibility for the pacing of, uh, of no. the thing, because the, 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 the cutter is going to do that. Snip, snip. It's gone. And so when, there isn't really a problem. Also on stage, you're entering in the middle of a life. Yes. And that's what you do in every scene that you do. That's right. So as long as you know what comes before and what comes after, yeah. then you can uh, you One can thing I'd it. hate to be, someone in that uh, other program about the theater, they ask what would you like least to do oh, in the yeah. world. <laughs> I would like least to be the script girl who says, but you had your glasses in the other oh. hand. Oh, 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 how do they do it? Oh, I don't there know. Are... Then she comes up to you, and she has no time, and she has no given time to talk to the actress, and she says, listen, could you please... <laughs> and what was it? it, it take the sip on the... Uh, and it has nothing to do with no. acting, does no. it? No, no. no. It's, and, and, and it throws it. you. No, it has to you, match. You have a hard time completing the role because you've got to figure where yeah. the cigarette was. And yeah. Dan Travante in Hill Street Blues, by design, never smoked, yeah. never used his hands for anything. If you ever watch it, his hands are always right down here. Yeah. That's now so you clever. <laughs> because he wouldn't have to match any yeah. shots. Yeah. Mm. And the old rule used to be, always touch your tie at the beginning of the shot in case. <laughs> I never heard that one. So, I see it done all the time. <laughs> but do you feel there's ever been a resistance to the, in the movie world because you're stage actors and therefore oh, yes. assume you're too big or you perform in rooms big. like this? Well, well I, I was one time in a movie with a very good movie director who, thank heaven, I was very grateful to him. He said, you're using your eyes too much. Ah. You're opening mm. your eyes too much. It's going to look too, just when you say that line, just keep it as, as calm as possible. Well, you know, when you're on the stage, you do so often do things with your face <laughs> yes. because that's to get it to the back. You people way up yeah, there. Yeah, way up there. And I was very grateful that he yes, said that. Yes, of course. I remember when we did the film of uh, Henry V with Ken Browner directing too. And I, I'd done it with him in the, in the theater. And I had been naturally very loud and, and, and lots of <laughs> shame, shame, an eternal shame was a very big moment in the, in the theater with, with all the stuff happening. And when we came to make the film, he was absolutely wonderful because one was so used to people saying, please don't do anything at this point. You think, how could I do nothing? Anyway, he said to me, think of General Montgomery. Oh. He's very good at pain. Pain? And I thought, very good at pain. I'm dying, so I'm... And I did it, shame, shame, and eternal shame, and it was wonderful. Yeah. And I thought, wow, what a note. Yeah. And, but it was so clever of uh, clever. a positive rather than a negative note. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's My other so favorite important. direction so from, good. A, from a director was yeah. Peter Brook once told me, I was doing a little boulevard comedy with him, and he said to me, Mr. Easton, can you imagine playing God Save the Queen so slowly that you would not recognize the tune? And I thought, and I said, yes, 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 sir, I can, I can, I can. Well, that's how slowly you act. <laughs> <laughs>
you know, <laughs> also the, a wonderful note. The, I speed it up after that. <laughs> the general note generally is to do less for yes. a film. Yes. Except you think of Cagney, Matthau, mm -hmm. Dustin Hoffman, any number of actors who are larger than, than film, and mm -hmm. they make it work. Yes. So it Pacino? Cannot, Pacino, oh Very yes. Much so. mm -hmm. Yes, it's the wrong note, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. But if be, be more intense. That's yeah. right. But, but, uh, do, do you feel though that, that I mean I don't think every director is is is, is Peter Brook. Do you have you had to find your own resources to sort of self-direct in oh, essence? Oh yes. Well, the audience. I mean, I, I, seriously. I mean, the audience does tell you an awful lot. That maybe it's too late about, by that well, time. <laughs> but I love your story of saying to the the, the director, "I'll do it exactly your yes. way," oh, going sorry, out on stage. I keep forgetting that, and eventually they give up giving you the note. Yes, it's. Uh, I, I just read uh, Michael Blakemore's uh, book about his early life as an actor. Uh, what's it called? First, uh, the uh, season? arguments. Arguments. Oh. oh no, he's written a novel that's. That was, I haven't, yeah, I haven't fun. seen the novel. Somebody gave that to uh, me. But fun. he talks about, and I've been in that position where the company, as a group, says this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> so you take it over. That would happen at Arena. Because uh, we had an incredible company. Yeah. So, so the group of actors would sort of bond quietly and not That's necessarily... Right. And not, not even quite often saying that. Yeah. Just somehow, as a, as a, a, a group knowledge... But eye contact and rehearsal. Uh, uh, that's right, and you learn how to, uh, how to do it. Mm -hmm. And that thing about large or smaller in, in, in the sense of projection, we're used to that too, because if you've ever toured, we're in theaters this size, and then we're in theaters that are so large you can't even see where the audience ends. And it's just common sense, isn't it? And what's more, all the famous actors are just going, no, no, no. <laughs> I haven't heard a cue in years. <laughs> Although the acoustics, I was amazed at the acoustics at the uh, Brooks Atkinson. Yes. It's very good. None very of us are mic'd. Well, uh, uh, Jim is for the, the speeches. Well, he would be, yes. Yeah, right. uh, but nothing else. Yeah. And, well, the uh, old theaters are wonderful. Yeah. The veteran theaters, as one would say. <laughs> as well as the veteran <laughs> actors. <laughs> mm -hmm. do, do you feel, since, since it goes without saying that you are, you are a, an extremely talented group, are there things that can be learned? I mean, you, you, oh, Richard yeah. said it's a craft. But it's not an art, which is an interesting posture, acting as a craft. But, but can things, I mean, you, you studied? I know that Robert studied at the American Theatre Wing. <laughs> we have the Neighborhood yeah. Playhouse alums. Are there, are there things that can be taught? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And things that can't. can't. <laughs> yeah, it's very interesting because I did, as you did, study with Meisner. And um, I learned for the first time after working at Arena, um, several people suggested to me that what I needed was to go up and study with Sandy Meisner. And for the first, gosh, four to six weeks, I did not know what he was talking about. <laughs> and finally, I did get a, um, a partner that I could respond to, because first times he gave me people who were so dull that of course I kept trying to hop things up. <laughs> but it was the beginning of what I think of perhaps as improvisational learning where you respond from what you get. Exactly. And that is um, something that I think every actor at some point has to learn rather than imposing on what you think you ought to get. Exactly. You respond from what you get and the only time when you have to invent that is if you don't get enough. 
-hmm. if you really don't get a genuine mm -hmm. response from another performer. But, um, and was he helpful at, at, at guiding you? or, did, or Oh yes, he was. He would always spot where you had not listened or responded at what moment and so on. But what I found later was in terms of character work, mm -hmm. for some reason or other, I think people who have a sense of how to be other people and who are not like themselves, I think you either have that or you don't. Mm -hmm. And I don't think even he could teach people yeah. how yeah. to do, as John Cleese calls it, the funny walks. Yeah. You know, I think that's the kind of thing that, I mean, I always start from the outside in. For some reason or other, some people don't. But I always start thinking, how does this person sound? How does this person walk? What is, what is peculiar? What is different about how this person is, appears? And that's how I start. And then from there I work into how uh, the character feels. And it's always from the text, but it's coming, it gets to you, and then you start blending the two. Todd, I, I, I never had any acting classes as such, because there weren't any such things when I started. But, but I, 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 I took a ballet class, and uh, I took fencing lessons, and I took singing lessons, and voice and uh, elocu elocution it was, in fact, and walking around with the books on your head and all that. And how now, brown cow, and all that stuff. Uh, and really never acting classes other than just acting. Yeah. And uh, long talks with Uta Hagen. I mean, yeah. basically was the nearest <laughs> I got, because well, I did five plays Good talk. Did you? Indeed. <laughs> what ones did you uh, do uh, with her? Um, a Month in the Country, uh, Cherry Orchard, three plays, sorry. Three, uh, Cherry Orchard and, and uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Right. Uh, but now, we did that twice. She was a great and famous teacher, but, but you're yes, talking about colleagues. she was an actual teacher. And she, but, uh, but she taught the interesting things that weren't so much the Meisner sort of game stuff, but... Well, you, mean, uh, you mean what he the, are now called the repetition exercise? Yes. He wasn't even doing that oh, thing. But, 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 but Uta was practical advice, like, don't collude with the other actors. Whatever you decide to do, what, if you're doing a transference of, of emotion, Fine, do it, but don't tell anybody about yes. it. Uh, mm. Keep it for yourself. Don't mm. collude with the eye. It's supposed to be a, a, a conflict of some yeah. kind, and so you mustn't collude. You well, that's Meisner used to say, never tell your preparation. Oh, well, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Which I was One of the things about, about improvising, which you, you mentioned there, uh, it's useful, but there are so many actors, particularly young actors, I feel, that one, are great at playwriting, and, or two, they're great wits, and they use that instead of using what the uh, improv can offer you, which is to learn how to exist in the moment. Uh -huh. A lot of improvs are just awful, yeah. but you have to accept that possibility in order to explore what is really happening in it. Mm -hmm. Also, I don't think it's a very good final, I think it's a great actor's tool, I think it's terrible. Uh, the greatest tool of all is to observe life around you and your life inside you. Mm -hmm. And that's easy to say, but there are times in an actor's life, I, aren't there, where there's nothing there. I mean, you... you, you I live you, on Ninth Avenue, see, so there's always I can see. <laughs> <laughs> I live close by. There you are. There it is. The whole of life is there. But, but, but everything, particularly where we live and see so much, and, but whenever you travel, whenever you watch children, whenever you watch animals, I mean, you never stop learning. 
And I would say, I don't know good at percentages, but a great, great deal of what I know and feel about the theater is from watching other people, from being an observer and a thief. Yes. <laughs> of real people. But yes. also of other yes. actors, yes. I find, but particularly women. I find I, I learn more from watching women act. And we from men. And I that's think very interesting. <laughs> yeah. that's because very otherwise it's you're true. just copying. Yeah. We don't want to copy. Maggie Smith does that. Oh, I see what she's doing. Or Judy yeah. Dench. Yeah. Or yeah. you, indeed. <laughs> um, uh, one says, oh, I wonder if I could do that. Mm -hmm. And um, also, there's something else. I don't mean it to sound snobbish, but you learn what not to do. When you're quite young and you don't have much to do in a play. And, Maggie and Smith and Judy Dench. No, I didn't mean that. No, I'd never mean that. But, no, but also, but it, it, it sounds like part of this is that you must always keep questioning yourself and Absolutely. always keep, keep, you know. And we've worked uh, long enough and through enough decades to see acting change. A yes. Acting has changed. Yeah. Uh, it's, it would have changed even without television because of a young man named Marlon Brando. Mm -hmm. But it changes because you us and we are so used to seeing close-up, reality, news, everything. And uh, it's all to do a marvelous classic performance is very brave now because it seems if you don't hit the right note, it's not acceptable. Yes. Isn't that true? My friend Jonathan Walker calls it yeah. pointy spitty acting, yes. <laughs> pointy <laughs> <laughs> pointy <laughs> spitty acting. Well, yes, you know what I mean. The sun. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh. But yes. So, so the reality is, is changed slightly? Well, the I think expectations? so. Yeah, I think, I think so. so. I think if the, uh, the actors I adored when I started going to the theater would seem rather out of place now, particularly since the plays have changed. Of course they have. The way we dress has changed. Well, don't you remember? I remember seeing Catherine Cornell in The Constant Wife, and I saw this large white chiffon handkerchief mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that Ina was Claire. occasionally sort of flashed and the other like, a, <laughs> like a flag. And I thought, yes, she's the star. And also people are constantly taking off their gloves yes. Oh, yes. and patting Cushions. Yes. yes. And cigarettes. And cigarettes. 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 Yeah. And there were constant lines in plays. The plays of the Mom lighter, is yeah, a, so. won't you sit down? <laughs> yeah. And I thought, well, of course, I was young then. No one ever asked me to sit down. Now when I come into a room, they say, oh, see. <laughs> but um, those, <laughs> those things are uh, They're cultural, we're growing all thing. the time. Yeah. We're growing all the time. But if you look at the 40s movies, which I love, mm -hmm. I click, click, click through the channel to try and find something in black and white, and then yes. I'll stick with that. <laughs> because usually the dialogue is so interesting. Yes. And you can see a few of the actors who came from the stage who were the first few times were very stagey, but you don't see it now. But you don't see it now. Do you think you, if Lorette Taylor in, in uh, um, whatever, Class Menagerie Incomparable, would? perfect, no good. Oh, yes, of course they'd be different. I, the, no, she in could Shakespeare, do it. She could there, do there it. are the, the variorums. Uh, there's an edition of Shakespeare called the variorums. And in it are bits of, that tell you how Mrs. Siddons played Lady Macbeth. And, and there was, I remember when I was looking up for Othello, uh, for Iago, and, and there was a, a, a thing of Booth saying, for God's sake, will you tell the Cassius not to act drunk in that scene? Drunk people don't 
stagger around. They walk very carefully. Yes, they try to stay, to look sober. Booth, this is when it was supposed to be all fustian and rubbish. But such a modern mm. kind yeah. of note, mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. and still necessary today to give. Yes. But one thought, oh, well, of course they wouldn't act like that. No. I mean, That's right. Now, if they were doing it. Try to walk a straight line. What yes. we're doing here is interesting, because I did a, a production of Lear, where we had all of the very orums, all of the, the critics' notes and everything else. Now, it was a group of very good actors, uh, not with Shakespeare's genius, but of his profession. And we were facing the event of performance. So we uh, found the practical things that make that play work, the emotional things and the poetic things and everything else. And one of the actors, I wish we had a tape recorder under the table as we were discussing it. We discussed it, I think, for a week and a half, if not two weeks. Uh, and <laughs> I remember the director saying, we don't have much time, so we have to go slowly. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, but it would have been a great Shakespeare course. Yeah. Incidentally, what you, what you told uh, um, in the green room there, uh, you mentioned makeup. That's one of the changes in theater. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. I mean, I remember putting it on with a trowel in, yeah. in uh, one week's stock. But and, no. and being taught to put those little red dots yes, in them. Yes, perhaps the earlobe and a little under yes, there. But now are you, sort of, are you on your own for makeup, whether you think it's right or well, not? Well, we always have been yes. on stage. Yeah. We're not yeah. in films, but on, no. on stage we always were. But now... Men uh, practically never wear makeup yeah. anymore. Yeah, we don't have any in democracy. And the women wear street makeup. It's oh, uh, on the bus and the train. They're, they're more made up than we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember when everyone wore false eyelashes? Yeah. And you'd see it on the bus? I know. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to pick up on one dangerous subject that was brought up earlier, which is the critics, because I know that recently, um, Robert, you, you responded to a critic in Washington. God, that story has gotten around a it lot, has gotten hasn't around, it? But, but, um, cause I think that everybody sort of, you know, it, it's always a sort of unwritten rule that one talks about the critics, but one doesn't do anything about it. But, Which uh, critic was that? Peter Marks. Oh. He writes for the Washington uh, Post now. Uh, oh, I thought. Mm. Well, we'll, I said we'll it. We'll talk later. When the camera's off. <laughs> I had done two plays which uh, worked extremely well. And uh, he gave us bad. One was a new play. One was greatly changed. Uh, he basically uh, uh, reviewed the New York production for the one that was greatly changed. Oh, I know. I get so And um, the second one was a new play, and it was very good. It was uh, it's called Shakespeare in Hollywood, and it was about the M Max Reinhardt production of uh, uh, Midsummer, Midsummer Night's, Night's yeah. Dream. But the real kick was that the real Oberon and the real Puck show up. And... The, it was very, very funny. Mm -hmm. We had standing ovations and everything, of full houses. It's, I talked to the playwright. He hasn't had one bite since because it was a bad review in the Post. That's what gets me. That's but, but you wrote a letter, which was published. Oh, yeah, I wrote a letter to the Post. And I started it by saying, you know, it's against an unwritten rule that actors, or it is an unwritten rule, that actors never respond uh, in print to a critic. But I was old enough. That you didn't care. I didn't care anymore. So did, I, uh, did the critic respond to you after the letter? I got a letter from a society of critics, which I didn't even know existed. No, Peter Marx has never given me a bad review. And recently he gave me a good review for democracy. So in a way I have permission to write this. Mm -hmm. uh, this letter from the society of critics said that I was totally wrong, that the critics 
have no real effect. And he's quoted things like A.B.'s Irish Rose, which got terrible reviews and ran for years. And I said, but that's the anomaly. Yeah. You know, generally we all know if we're going to get slapped in the times, you know, time to get a train back home. Did I hear you right that an association of critics tells you they don't matter? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, but, they, but the Times always, our New York oh. Times always says that. Oh, it doesn't. It's just I one know, opinion. And they, they, are just they, they won't admit their power. I would like to have the critics have their say, but then just get a journeyman, just an, an intelligent, informed theater goer, uh, or maybe a journalist. To write a review. Right next to the, mm -hmm. the critics' review. Mm -hmm. Yes, or a reporter simply yeah. writing what ha which it yes. used to be. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things about the letter. In none of his, none of neither one of these reviews did he ever mention the overwhelming reaction of the audience. No. And he's yeah. he's a journalist. One of his primary jobs is to report facts. Mm -hmm. yeah. He might not like it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But uh, do, do you think it has been ever thus? Or you think no, no, because uh, no. Walter Kerr, for example, was very much for the theatre, and yeah. so his, his, they were slanted in a way to what would be helpful mm -hmm. to a, a, a deserving... I mean, he was always wonderful to us in APA, for example. Um, and Shaw, uh, Shaw would only review what he wanted, what, uh, what, what he wanted interested him. If yes. he didn't like it, he didn't review it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, yes, no, we, I think that... The, I was in a situation with... Peter Mark should have recused himself from right. reviewing what he did, and he gave it a not good review, and then I was told by um, someone who sat next to him as he was writing <laughs> that he pulled the piece of paper out and said, well, I hope that satisfies them. And he was feeling resentful that he felt an obligation to write the review. He should have just said, I shouldn't because I... Don't get actors started on critics. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> I have a question, I have a question though. If, you, if it were up to you to choose who would be the critic of a major newspaper, where would you go? Theater. Take someone who is a, a, an artist. And I, did, I, I did Andersonville yeah. Trial at Arena, and we had a good critic at the Post. He only lasted a year or two. Really? But he went with us through the entire rehearsal oh. period, and then he sat as a member of the, uh, the uh, jury. Uh, oh, so he went through the performance period as well as the rehearsal period. He didn't like everything we did, which was fine, but he had an intimate knowledge of what the process is about. Well, Walter Kerr was someone yes, who, was knew, who knew from experience. Or a playwright. I mean, yeah. your playwright, Frayn, would be a wonderful critic. I'd yeah. love to see. Yes. Okay, well, we'll get off that subject. I don't want to get into <laughs> We'll come to blows if we yeah. get to that. <laughs> Another question for people who have been at this game since it cost 15 cents to get on the, on the subway. Um, you've had families. Have, have the, have the, has acting in the live theater been able to support you with the occasional commercial and movie and stuff? Pretty much. Uh, um, yeah. I, I have three sons and when they were about, to, at one point they were all going to be in college at the same time. Uh, and that's when I started to do film. <laughs> That's when I started to do commercials. Yeah, it's uh, the same. That, uh, but Arena paid enough money. Many of the theaters don't, even in Washington, which now has a very large talent pool. Yeah. They don't pay enough money. I know a marvelous actress there who works as a, a legal aide during the day. Yeah. And uh, my son has a marvelous line. <laughs> you know, uh, the theaters are spending fortunes in, uh, in Washington at any rate 
for uh, new buildings. And uh, his line is, they're building new temples while the monks are starving. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. But is that, so that in, in the days when you were at Arena for t 20 years, you were, the, what, whatever you were paid there was enough to It was, support. barely, but it was. And I did a couple of commercials and a few other things, and I've managed money fairly well. And that's another thing to tell young actors. Every minute you spend, every hour you spend as a waiter, is an hour you can't spend uh, working in theater or yes. talking to a director or making rounds or something. So the management of whatever funds you have yeah, is part of survival. What, was it also it's a 50 fair to talk like that, but it's true. What, what, were you also on a, a full year contract or was no. it just production by production? It's also been true always of actors that, that you want to establish the, the, the minimum comfortable standard of living and not to change it so that when you have the bonanza year, it just increases your ba backup yes. yes. without really altering your standard of living so yeah. that when it goes down again, you still got you're something still to all live right on. And, yeah. you, and you can maintain. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'd rather have the work. We'd rather yes. work than yes. anything. And, and it's getting a lot of money that makes you greedy. When yeah. you don't have yeah. a lot of money, just cut out things yeah. and you do your work and it's yeah. it's good the devil tempts you and uh, when I'm in California and I listen to the other actors in the makeup room the, the, they're always talking about money <laughs> <Real> estate <laughs> money money how many money. houses they have is that because are they paid uh, well they're paid that's why they're doing the work what to right. do with Basically. all their money yes, but even at that about. level they lose it Yes. There are yes. so many that have been uh, yeah. taken advantage of by business managers yeah. or, or, or are they, they're making a lot of money now and they forget they have to pay the, the taxes on it. Yeah. Then five years later when they're not making any money, Uncle Sam comes and says, it's time for me to get it. Yeah. And then they're in deep trouble. But it, it's, it's great for you all that, that commercials and movies and television can help you get through the year. But do you think that the people who, who, who dedicate their time entirely to those things are for them too well paid? No, well, it depends on, I, I do think probably that when, I think that the argument has been that if a, sh if a television show is successful, the production company, the people who are producing it, make so much money that the actors should get their share of it. It's like baseball players. Absolutely. They should be paid millions because the people who own the teams are making And the thing is that very often then the, the actors will then not necessarily get another job for a while. But it, there is such an imbalance to how much people are paid for what. But also actors difficult. do it, basically most actors do it because they love doing it. Yeah. And therefore, and everybody knows this, and so they we're the last people to be paid. Yeah. Right. You have to pay directors and designers and all that because they, but the actors will always say, oh, all right, I'll do it. Yeah. Such a good part. And I'll <laughs> but do you, do you feel that, I, I feel that some of the Broadway theater shows in, in recent years have, have tried to make as generic as possible the roles so they can just keep people like a turnstile going in and out of those roles. Musicals. Well, musicals well, certainly. Yes, more, more in, in musicals, I think. Plays, I don't think they work that way. But there are now more, probably, more revivals of things because they're surefire or they think they're going to be surefire. 
than new plays. You just don't get new plays on Broadway anymore. They start someplace else, and if they're hugely successful, then Broadway will. Every snap play them I've on. done, except for this one, has started in regional theater. Every yeah. one that I've done on Broadway. This one started in London. So That's right. It's the same thing. <laughs> I get more regional than that. There you go. <laughs> but are, are, are there parts in, show, in plays that could be revived that any of you hunger for? Oh, yeah. No, but I'm like, I'm like Richard. I, somebody says, what have you always longed to do? And I just think, I don't know. the next one. Right. <laughs> just whatever comes that I like next. Because I don't know. I played I, all the parts I wanted to oh, play yes. when I was young. I mean, yeah. But when I was young, I did want to play parts, but now I just, any part will do. It's long, I know. <laughs> not too many lines, but very effective scenes. Yeah. <laughs> but if, right. you, if you confide in someone the part you dreamed to play, you watch their face and the face <laughs> go. <laughs> you want to play that? <laughs> She's gone bad. I, 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 I never tell. <laughs> I know I years ago, I used to think that I wanted to play Nina in The Seagull, and it took me quite a while to realize I'm not going to play Nina. I might play Masha. Yes. <laughs> That's what I might play. But I've always longed to play Czech, one of the, you know, the big four, and somehow never have. I was very grateful for the good doctor, because at yes. least it was Czech. Yeah. You were. Yeah. But I, you know, never got, I did do with uh, uh, one of those Encyclopedia Britannica films, yes. of which Norris Houghton went into the middle of the scenes, of uh, the cherry orchard with Maureen Stapleton. Oh, I have to tell this. She, yes. she was so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got to the point where, you know, um, Lopachin comes in and asks for the keys. And Gaev and Varya, Varya has the keys and Madame Ranemskaya. I, I guess we were the only ones there. And he asks, he says he's just bought the cherry orchard. And they're all so upset, and Varya hurls the keys onto the floor. Maureen Stapleton said, um, um, wait a minute, uh, just a minute. Why is everybody so mean to him? And we all started to tell her about the, the Russian Revolution that was going, I mean, this is the way people lived. And Maureen went over to her purse. And, you know, just listening to everybody, and took out a pack of cigarettes. Put a cigarette out there, lit it. And she said, I really didn't want to know, I just wanted a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, I read dear. something once where Stanislavski felt that, uh, no, it wasn't Sam, it was Chekhov, that. Um, Lopahin should never be played as the villain of the piece. No, of course not. At all. That's right. You know, you, it's, well, uh, there are no villains, really, in Chekhov. That's no, what's so no. wonderful. Or indeed in any play. No. no. <laughs> well, the villain certainly never thinks of himself as no, a villain. No. But, but I way, tend to be that kind of character in democracy. <laughs> <laughs> but in a way, you know, part of what you, you were saying before about it, that, I mean, as an outsider, the magic of acting is, you know, is the, if, you, if you are drunk, you don't play reeling around. No. But the magic to watch is somebody who's drunk, who's doing it absolutely stone cold sober. Trying I remember, to stay, be sober. Right. I remember that I, when I, I worked for Alan Arkin years ago, and he did a wonderful movie called The Heart is a Lonely Hunter. Mm -hmm. And he said the key to that character is he's the loneliest man on earth, on, on the, in the world, and everybody's his friend. 
That's the way he used to perform. Everybody was his friend. And the fact that then everybody walks away from him yeah. and suddenly that's the way you play Lonely. Mm -hmm. I thought that was absolutely mm -hmm. fascinating. I saw um, <clears throat> a film a long time ago, an omnibus, that um, uh, it was about the great clowns of Europe. And this one clown was about to play the violin, but it was in a nightclub. So somebody set him up a drink. And he said, Schkoll. And he drank it and he started playing. And somebody set him another drink. Schkoll. And this kept up kept up. When he finally showed a sign of drunkenness, it was this big, and the audience fell out of his uh, chairs. Uh, <laughs> it was gorgeous. Great. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. We've certainly been talking around a lot of experiences and stuff, but I wonder if, if we could focus a little bit on, on advice that one would give to people who have decided that they want to be an actor. Do what, it. At whatever age. Just do it. <laughs> Anywhere. School? Yes, no? Anywhere. <coughs> just yes, don't, don't say that you want it. to be an actor. Yeah. Decide that Do you it. wish to act. Yeah. That's great. That's what, uh, what yeah. the, the advice would be. It's very difficult because uh, it, what you're doing is hoping when you get into these little basement theaters or whatever that some agent will come and see you. Well, the agents don't come anymore. No. But what you're doing is networking. You meet somebody else yes. who then <coughs> tells you about something else, and that's... Jobs come from jobs, always have. Yeah. 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 And are, are agents no longer as important, or do they just not go to the... No, they're important, unfortunately. They are important, but um, really... They don't do. It's like the no. critics. Yeah. The agents were better. Yeah, they <laughs> were. They cared more and about they came you. They see and the basement production. That's and, right. Uh, they did. I don't think they do that. Also, much they more. went digging in the old days for, yeah. for, for the works. And yeah. 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 And so did we, of course. Well. And the casting agents. I remember my son out in California. He helped one of the really good old casting agents there of uh, reading with other actors. And he said to him, uh, you know, I might be interested in being a casting agent. And he said, the, uh, the man said, don't do it now. He said, now they just treat me as uh, somebody to call, to bring in a whole lot of people. In the past, I used to be consulted as to who would be valuable for this material. And I would know. He said, they don't do that anymore. The thing that so gets me about that process now you know, I have two sons that are actors, are the callbacks, particularly when they are the first thing audition is, is uh, filmed. Why do they need a callback? Yeah. It's right. like it's self-justification for the existence of the casting agent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and some young actors, the callback becomes such a big thing, it's like bragging about a job. Yeah. It's gotten a callback. Yeah. Are, are, are you... Asked to audition, or have sometimes, you? sometimes, not not, no, 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 not, not all. for the theater, but, but no. I mean, I would think that, that with the experience on, on this panel, that people would, would know you and want you. Oh no, they they're all sixteen. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's so true. But it's it's also um, it's a, supposedly a mark of, of of position that you don't read. Oh, you know? I think that's silly, too. Well, I, I, don't mind I, I, I get all. that all the time when I come in. But I also know... You mean, you're, there's a meeting, right? There's, there, it's a meeting. You, know, you, you come take in a meeting, you talk to them, and, and you know they're dying to have you read in front of that camera. <laughs> and if you say, would you like me to read? They're, oh, oh, would you? Oh, do you mind? I mean, 
But we what's interesting is that those of us who have this much experience and this much variety, we can read better than most of the other people they're going to get who have only done commercials. Yeah. Yeah. So I sometimes say, you know, I could see it in their face, and I'll read, you know, let me read the part. Yeah. But I remember my daughter, who was an actor out in California, an agent said to her, you're too good. I wouldn't know how to cast you. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what I used to get in the 50s when they said, you can't be in these. Yes. You're a classical actor. Classical actor. What, you can't possibly be. Yes, I can. I need the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I the problem know. with having done the sort of things that we've done. We've done so much in yes. such a variety that uh, you don't get an opportunity to do that variety. They do want the... Uh, the one type. I know. And you're but stuck with that one type. Have you ever f seen a role and, d and decided, as we've talked about here, that how you, they won't cast you in it, but I'm going to get that role. I'm determined. Have you done that? And have you been successful at doing that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's happened sometimes. I love to read. I love to audition because I don't want to play the same thing all the time. And I don't like sitting there having the meeting because I usually have to run it. <clears throat> I mean, they just... <laughs> 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 and I'll hear myself saying, well, what would you like to know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and once in, in California, a man with orange leather shoes put his shoes up on the desk. And I said, I can't do this until you put your feet down. <laughs> and I was very young then. I dared. But I, I don't see... I mean, we're actors. I, I, part of what we do is audition. Yeah. And part of what we do is get reviewed. It's all part of our life, and we've got to accept all of it, I think. Yes, and the acting part is a, easy. Yes, yeah. and the <laughs> acting part <laughs> is what we know part. how to do. That's the but the part. other things, they can be terribly humiliating yeah. or yes. very funny. And a couple of things I've auditioned for, I felt as if I played them anyway. Do you know what I mean? I prepared so well, <laughs> and I've enjoyed it, and, but I didn't get it. I have never gone to a play and seen a part that I auditioned for that I thought they should have chosen me. Mm -hmm. I've always understood later why. And it's not necessarily you. It's the other actor yeah. you play the scene with or something. And uh, you, you can teach yourself not to be so upset. Oh, yes. No, you, have to be, you have to learn how to accept rejection. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, it has to become almost uh, part of a your Bible, life. part of your life. Yeah. That's, that's part yeah. of what we do. Because a lot of it has to do with balance, too. That's it. I mean, you're, you don't know who the, uh, the director is considering for the other parts. No. And, um, gosh, I remember uh, auditioning for Sidney Lumet and Patty Chayefsky for Network for... Um, you know, Beatrice Strait's Beat, part, Beatrice that Strait's wonderful part. wife. Mm -hmm. And both of them burst into tears at my audition. I was told by my agent, well, they loved what you did, but you're not round enough. Well, Faye Dunaway, if you remember, is, she's kind of angular, and they needed somebody who was rounder. Yes. And it hurt at the time. I just thought, oh, and I loved auditioning. I mean, Patty Chiesky oh. wrote so well, and it's such and fun. And he cried. And he cried, and so did Sidney Lumet. You know, it was, oh, it was wonderful. Well, but yeah, not, that, not my part. But you're glad you did it. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. One I, of the awful things about the audition is when they film the meeting. 
Have you ever been oh, invited? No, I've never had that. Yes, you sit down, you talk to them, and they have a camera on you, and I, you feel like saying, I'm an actor. I'm not no, me when I get no, up. I mean, I use me, but still. It's and, and you know what Franny said about taking from the other actor? Uh -huh. well, what if you, you're ready for a, to do a scene for a television show? And a, a non-actor, a girl who has a book, and she's girl. 15, and she's the man. Yes. <laughs> and she's, she's your son. Yeah. And it's all blah. And part of you says, well, this isn't real. <laughs> this isn't. <laughs> and the other part of you says, I'm in this scene. And she, it's ludicrous. It is. It's, it's bizarre. You go home and you think, well, what shall I do now with the rest of the day? I'm a fool. <laughs> <laughs> I had a terrible one once in England. Hal Prince was uh, on the board of directors of APA, and, and when we finished our season in, in New York in 68, and I went uh, to England, and uh, they were doing company. And so I went into audition for, for company. And Hal was in the theater. I walked out from the stage of the, the Her Majesty's Theater and, with my music and getting ready to do it. And he said, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, well, the, the season's over. I've, I've, yeah, but no, no, I didn't mean it. What are you doing here? And I said, well, I've come to audition for the... There's nothing for you in this. <laughs> he said, oh. I said, all right. No. So I go. He said, no, well, you might as well sing. You, you. Certainly <laughs> <laughs> gave you a lot of heart <laughs> to <laughs> your audition. encouraged. But have you ever been tempted to, to go on the other side of the table and be direct? And direct? I've hated directing. I never I'm not it. good at it either. I'm, I'm only interested it. in acting. I don't care I about production. I'm afraid I don't know. I'm that way, too. I'm, I've had several directors who were so good and had such yes. a sense of the concept of the play and I don't have that. I might be able to coach, but oh, directing yes. a whole play, I, I don't But coaching that. actors, that's, that's, that's one, one can do that. Yeah. But to direct, I've done about three or four of them, and it's mm -hmm. no fun for me at all. Most of the time we learn from doing. Yeah. We learn from yes. the rehearsal process, yes. yeah. whereas a director has to go in ahead of time and yeah. come in with all kinds of concepts. The actor is in the middle of a rehearsal, and all of a sudden, something occurs to him that he got from his research or the look in another actor's eye and you're in the now, you're in yeah. the moment. Yeah. And I that's how you find it. I yeah. tell you what's wonderful is to direct students. Oh, I love talking to students. Well, and to even direct to, to direct plays yeah. because they are willing to try anything. Yeah. The very fact that it's the beginning of their work uh -huh. is so marvelous. Mm. I love doing that, but I'm like the rest of you. I wouldn't want, oh, lots no. of people ask me why I don't direct. Yeah. But as you say, I mean, the, the, we can make decisions up till the last performance, yeah. whereas all the major decisions a director makes are, are, are weeks done. before you even start rehearsing. And what if you're the director they all band against? <laughs> <laughs> Which they do. Right. Director has no friend. <laughs> the actors have each other. But yes. I, I think on, on we, we could go on all afternoon, but I think on the note of the director has no friends, this extraordinary <laughs> group of actors. <laughs> We, we, should, uh, we should end this, but I thank you yeah. all. This has been a wonderful thank discussion. Thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.